You're listening to the Growth Exponential Podcast. I'm your host, Bradley Caro-Cook. Today, I'm joined by Katie Heighton. Katie is the co-executive director of Essential Partners, whose mission is to equip people to live and work better together in community by building trust and understanding across differences. Katie, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just thrilled to have you here because the mission of your organization is so important, especially in today's day and age. Could you share with us at a high level about your organization? Absolutely. We have been around for 30 years, actually, and working in a space to make it possible for people to have the conversations they need to have in their communities, especially in the difficult moments. We were formed actually by family therapists, which makes us a little bit different. And what that means is that we actually equip people with the skills to recognize what's going wrong in their conversations and to essentially ultimately work and live better together by communicating more effectively across their differences. Wow, that's powerful. I'm super curious. Can you share with us your story? Like, take us back, as far back as made an impact on this journey, having you be co-executive director and those, those life moments or events that led you here. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that question. And, and stories are something so important to our work, too. And I love this idea of sharing stories. And for me, I, I was raised in a military family and moved all over growing up to different communities, different cultures within the U.S., and ultimately studied international relations. And my focus, especially in the start of my career and in my graduate school, was really connected to that upbringing in the military of saying, how do people work together? How do people wrestle with the difficult moments together? And in graduate school, I actually studied foreign policy and religious conflict. So that kind of combination between policies and decisions and identities and loved that combination because what I found over the course of both my work in Israel-Palestine and in Lebanon, and even within kind of the work that we do in communities here is that so often we struggle to talk about what matters most. And when identity and pieces of our identity get mixed up in that, it becomes really hard to figure out a path forward when we have so many pieces of who we are coming together to in challenging moments and in moments of difficult decisions, especially. After graduate school, especially, I started looking for organizations that weren't necessarily just focused on resolving conflict or on going to places outside the United States and fixing their issues. I really wanted to say, okay, in my own backyard, I want to know who's doing the work to help people have these conversations, who's leading the field. And what I found is that Essential Partners, which was at that time Public Conversations Project, had really been instrumental in creating many of the other organizations doing this work in the field. And that intellectual kind of grounding, that foundational expertise, has really helped make us some of the best folks doing this work. And actually, what I love too is that we aren't just stepping in and fixing people's problems. We're actually giving them the skills and tools to adapt it and make it their own. And that makes it more culturally flexible, makes it more culturally adaptive, and it allows us to do work in Arkansas and in Boston and in California and have the tools and in Nigeria and in Liberia and to give people the tools to actually make it their own. And so that's kind of how I ended up at this organization and really started working here over five years ago now. And this process have learned so much about both the work that we do internally, but also the work we do within our own organization to help us connect as a team, to help us do our work more effectively in the world. And it's really 
a luxury to be able to work at an organization that tries really hard to practice what it preaches and keeps me here. That's amazing. Wow. I'm just blown away. How are you operating in so many countries in the world? A lot of it is really our capacity building focus. It also, we have staff, but we also work with associates and our associates are the consultants who work within a specific context. And so in any given year, we work in 50 to 80 different communities with over oftentimes between 35 and 3,500 and 4,000 people. And by really focusing our work on capacity building and on consultation and coaching that can remain in place and that can continue to support communities, especially remotely. It allows us with a very small staff to really have a very scaled impact and really allow and empower communities to do the work that they need to do more effectively and more constructively and also more cohesively. Wow. I just love this. I'm blown away by the type of impact that you can have. And it seems to be so universal. That's our hope. Our hope is that we make it possible for people to play around with what we offer, the skills and the frameworks that we offer, to ask more intentional questions, to support more collaborative teams, to actually live into the best of pluralistic, diverse community, to actually welcome all voices and perspectives into the table. The other thing that we try and do uh, that I have been working on, for, especially for the past three years, is to actually help us evaluate our impact more effectively. So we're actually working on streamlining and automating some of the work that we do to make it more effective and to continue to support people as they do this work. And so we've created email follow-up services, online webinar options, continuing training and resource guides to help people feel supported and feel connected to each other, to others doing this work in their context. And that helps us feel like we can continue to have that both really deep connection as people really try and shift how they engage, which is hard, but also have that really broad impact. As an organization with a 30-year-old history, how has your mission developed and changed over time? And what kind of issues does your work address? It's a great question. I love the foundation that we built over time, and it's something that makes us our work so different in the world. Our facilitators and our founders were the people who are helping communities wrestle with some of the most difficult moments that they've faced and really engaged in those tough, tough conversations. What we found over the past 30 years is that we can actually help equip people to have those conversations in their own context and in their own way. And that allows us to have a broader impact. It also allows us to give people a gift that they can continue using as they move forward in their communities together and face difficult moments in the future. And that means that we do work on issues. Right now, we've been working a lot on the issue of guns in the United States, working a little bit again on the issue that we were founded on, on abortion. We've also been working a little bit and more and more on diversity and inclusion efforts, especially in organizations and institutions, especially like nonprofits who are really working to build a more diverse workforce and support their communities in more inclusive ways, but struggle to actually shift to engage those folks who are from those non-dominant identities in new ways. So as we've grown into more of this capacity building, the other thing that we've really intended to do is this robust evaluation. And our evaluation helps us understand the impact that we have more, but also allows us to continue to support people in more in-depth and catered ways as we move forward through webinars, through follow-up email series. And all of that makes us tremendously different in this field from other folks doing this work who do direct convening, who do bring communities together, 
our goal is to really make it possible now for other people to do that for themselves. And I love how we've grown with that deep foundation and actually doing the work. And now we're kind of making it possible for others to do this work. And a lot of the organizations that you see in the world today have those roots and what we created all those years ago, which is pretty fun to see. That's so cool. And I love the way, I mean, as a technology individual, I love the way that you're incorporating these technologies to be more efficient and, and how that's operating so much differently to be more effective and have a greater impact. It makes me wonder, where do you fit within the growing field of other organizations also working to address polarization and division? It's one of the most amazing things about, especially the, the kind of post-2016 election, is we've really seen a groundswell of support and realization that we need to shift how we engage with one another moving forward. And it's been really wonderful to see actually some of those organizations actually directly use some of the work that we created a long time ago, our work on stereotyping, our work on polarization. And so in that sense, we feel deeply connected to all of these organizations that are coming up. It's also really wonderful to actually find your niche. And for us, our niche is really in that capacity building. And it's really in the power of in-person conversations to shift how the conversation happens. So a lot of organizations are focused on just bringing people into a room or just bringing people into a room to talk about their differences. And for us, we actually pay much, much more attention to how those conversations happen and to helping people really feel like they're being heard and taken seriously to build the trust and understanding that makes everything else possible. Can you share a couple of success stories with us? Absolutely. So we've been lucky enough to work for the past few years with a nonprofit organization in Arkansas that really supports collaboration across Arkansas and their communities. They called us a couple of years ago because they were facing some really tricky conversations and they were being asked to come in and help, but didn't necessarily feel like they had the skills as facilitators to wade into those really contentious conversations. So we got on the phone with them and just had some conversations to make sure that we were a good fit and to really collaboratively design something together. So we customized that work, our work exactly to meet their needs. We traveled to Arkansas for an initial two-day training with all of their staff, then continued to provide some more remote support through consultation and through coaching. They then actually led some of those conversations very quickly after the training on conversations on pesticide use that had actually turned violent, on conversations on medical schools and community health, and on race and civility in local high schools. As they moved forward, that external work actually began to inform how they wanted to work together and how they wanted to live out their mission into the world. They embarked on a strategic planning process. And after that, we kind of, we facilitated a retreat for their staff to help support them in their alignment and momentum moving forward after their strategic planning. And they've actually started embedding the way that we facilitate into all of their work. And we continue to work closely with them and partner closely with them as they do their important work, convening conversations, convening difficult conversations, especially within Arkansas at the Winthrop Rockefeller Institute. For me, it was a really powerful way to see people really take this up and make it their own, that their goal is to really make it possible for the community to engage in these difficult conversations and to collaborate together across differences. And they were able to do that and have really taken it tremendous lengths within Arkansas. Similarly, we're working in states like Ohio, 
there was a municipal bond measure that around building a new public school that had been in deadlock for 10 years. And our trained facilitators came in after a year of working with us on and off um, as part of a fellowship program. And they were able to restart those conversations and initially didn't necessarily have a lot of excitement in the community around bringing this back up. And so they started really small and created a, a very small conversation and found that community members didn't feel like they understood enough to make an informed decision and that they were brought in early enough. And it restarted the broad conversation that brought in employees and officials that were responsible for this. And not only did the bond make it on the ballot, but it was voted on and the school is going to be built by 2022. So we do that within the United States a lot, but we also work internationally. We've been working with a woman in Jordan who's been holding conversations among refugees in Jordan to help them think about what they need to be successful. We've been working with folks in Finland to help them integrate and think about how to support refugees in the Finnish context as well. And so those are just a few stories of the ways that we've worked. But for that nonprofit in Arkansas, I think especially it's such a great example of the way that we were able to customize our work to help them live out their mission more effectively in the world. Wow, you're doing so much good for so many people. How is it that our listeners can help you in accomplishing your mission? That's so kind of you to ask. I think for us, the first thing that you can do is if you're interested in working with us, if you're interested in helping your nonprofit either live at its mission more effectively in your community or within your own staff, feel free to give us a call. We're always happy to give a free consultation as part of a way to help support our mission in the world as well. And so you can always reach out. My email is katie, K-A-T-I-E, at whatisessential.org. And that's W-H-A-T-I-S-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L.org. And if you feel like you'd love to support our mission in the world, we would love to receive a gift and appreciate any amount that you're able to give as well. And you can give on our website as well. And that's the same as my email at whatisessential.org. That's great. Well, I want to thank you so much for being here today for the Growth Exponential Podcast. And I wish you tremendous success in all your worthy endeavors. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. I'm excited to see where this goes. You've been listening to the Growth Exponential Podcast. If you know an executive director or nonprofit professional that you think I should interview, shoot me an email at bradley at growthexponential.org.